Welcome to Lego Mumbo Jumbo, the insightful podcast for those navigating the complexities of family law and divorce. I'm your host, Ashley Nicole Green, a family law and divorce attorney in the Houston, Texas area. In each episode, we'll dive into the legal nuances, share stories of resilience, and provide you insight to empower you through your challenging chapters. Join me as we embark on a journey of understanding, support, and navigating your path to a better future tomorrow. Before we jump in to talk about Dawn's story, I wanted to give you a little bit of background about Dawn's um, story and that it is the actual perfect example of turning lemons that life may throw you into lemonade. Dawn's story is a story about resilience, about not allowing fear to overcome the things that may be ahead of you, and allowing for your journey of peace and happiness, and more importantly, freedom, to be the pillar of you moving forward rather than fear holding you back. So let's go ahead and jump in and hear about Dawn's story. Hi, Dawn. Thank you so much for joining me today for this podcast. I'm really excited for listeners to hear about your story. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so I am just obviously to give a little background. You and I met um, in 2018. um, And I believe it was an event that um, I was actually just scouting to go to. Um, Eventually, I was a speaker at the event. But I think that's how we kind of connected back in 2018. Does that sound about right? Yes, I had a friend that was well connected to those events. And she, she connected me and that's how I found out about you. Yeah. So great. So I am so glad that she did that as well. So let's go ahead and jump in. Um, and I would like for you just to share with listeners a little bit about your story, obviously related to your divorce case, um, and balancing confidentiality to, to the extent and sharing to the extent that you feel most comfortable. Sure. So I guess I can talk a little bit about what um, what led to the divorce. Um, I unfortunately, like earlier in 2018, I had, uh, become aware of an affair, um, and, you know, some infidelity. Mm -hmm. And, um, unfortunately there were, it wasn't just the affair that I had learned about, but it was, um, actually like multiple women and some addiction and, um, it just, it completely shocked me. It completely like rocked my world. And, um, I didn't know what to do. I really didn't know what to do. And mm-hmm. thankfully I had a good friend who suggested just talking to an attorney, um, you know, just so that I could kind of get, you know, my ducks in a row just in case. And, um, I was actually not sure if I, you know, wanted to try to continue working on the marriage mm-hmm. or, um, if I needed to divorce. But at the time, like we had several therapists involved that said, you know, after something like this comes out, like don't make any major decisions for a year. Mm-hmm. So I was committed to that. Unfortunately, um, or fortunately <laughs> depends on how you look <laughs> at it. Yes. Um, my, my husband at the time, um, he proceeded with a uh, divorce. And so it was sort of like I had a betrayal, you know, with the infidelity 
there were some mm-hmm. other lies and other things going on, which felt like more betrayal. And then we had kind of agreed together that we were, you know, not going to make any major decisions. And then boom, he filed, he told me he filed for divorce. Mm-hmm. So, um, consulted, you know, I had consulted with you, I think before that, if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, right before it was literally like we consulted, uh, we had a consultation and I think shortly thereafter, that's when you called and said, okay, he's filed. So, um, you didn't really have time to really, I don't think even get your feet planted back down, um, uh, after we had had our consultation. Right. Right. And so I, yeah, he had filed. And so I was, you know, waiting, um, to be served, I think. And I, I just was in complete, you know, shock at the time. Um, and I was just really thankful to have, you know, met with you, um, you know, beforehand. And that way I could kind of somewhat like gain a little bit of insight and knowledge as to how it might go. Um, and then once it was like, for sure, like we were moving towards divorce, that's when, um, that's when I, you know, hired you as my attorney. Yeah. And I think the thing that was so unique about your situation was that a lot of people go through this process. And like you mentioned, they seek counseling, they seek therapists, they seek other professionals to help them throughout it. And usually both spouses are committed, but in your situation, it was like you were committed, you know, 10 toes down, but then you had the other party who wasn't. And so while you were trying to work through some things that were largely caused by the other party, you were betrayed, like you mentioned, and just had to really like regroup and figure Mm -hmm. out how you were going to maneuver. And at that time, your children were very young. Um, You had Mm -hmm. two little ones. And if I'm not mistaken, um, you also were trying to just figure out where your next plans were career-wise because you're a stay-at-home mom as well. That's right. That's right. I had been a stay-at-home mom for many, many years. Um, we had moved uh, halfway. We had like six cross-country moves um, in a 12-and-a-half-year period, and we had really only been in Houston about a year, a year and a half, mm-hmm. when things started to go south in my marriage. So it, it was all just a lot at once. And I'll say this, Ashley, um, but in my perspective, like I was determined to not, I was determined to really put a lot of thought and consideration and time before making a decision to split because I really mm-hmm. wanted what was best for my kids. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, looking back, I probably would have stayed in that mm-hmm. marriage longer. Um, and so at the end of the day, I'm actually grateful. I'm actually really grateful that he ended up filing, um, uh, because I just was in so much shock and I, I wasn't in a place to really make decisions at that time. Um, mm-hmm. it, but my kids were like first and foremost, like the most important ones to consider in the picture. And that's one thing that I really love, um, about your approach is that you, from the very beginning said like, yes, I will represent you, but the children, Mm -hmm. like we've got to make sure that they're okay, that they're taken care of, like that this all makes sense for them. And you Mm -hmm. told me that you were going to do whatever it took to, you know, sorry to, you know, ensure, um, you know, that, that they'd be impacted throughout this, like Mm -hmm. as little as possible. 
Yeah, I remember that. That just gave me chills. You're so right. I remember having a really, really heart to heart with you at one moment because Mm -hmm. obviously we can't go into specifics, but there was a lot that was going on in your your marriage. I was concerned how you were really even like able to maneuver from day to day. Um, And just so listeners know, Dawn is like incredibly strong. I probably have not met a client as strong mentally um, as she was because everything that could have happened in your divorce pretty much happened mm-hmm. all at the same time at that. Um, and I was so grateful that throughout the process that even though it was an unknown territory and it was definitely like scary in all aspects, financially for the children, emotionally, mm-hmm. um, you definitely like leaned in and said, okay, like, as long as you keep the kids first, I'm going to, I'm going to trust that we're going to approach this correctly. Um, and I think that's really what kept us centered myself as well, like kept us centered even through mediation. I mean, the day of mediation, Mm -hmm. I'll never forget it. You know, at one point I think we were in mediation and I looked at you and I said, if you need a break, like go outside, catch your breath, think about this and make sure this is right. And I don't know how much time passed, but you came back and I remember you looking at me and saying, let's do this. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, <laughs> let's do this. You know, um, I think it, I was honestly nervous that you would come up and say, I can't do this. So when you said it, I was like, oh, okay, let's do this. Um, and mm-hmm. so I think that kind of like lends us into the second question that I had, which is, and I think you touched on it already, but what specific challenges were you facing as a parent during this process of even considering whether to hire me or even go along with the divorce process? Yeah. So I had been a stay-at-home mom for over 11 years, I think it was, when I, uh, when I experienced this. And, you know, I really put my career on hold so mm-hmm. that, um, you know, my husband at the time could really could really climb up that corporate ladder, right? Could really like excel in what he did. And so I, you know, I thought that we were on the same team. I thought that I was sort of working, you know, I'll take care of the house. I'll take care of the kids. I'll manage everything over here and you're going to manage all your stuff over here. And so I thought we were on the same team and then learning that we weren't and learning of all the things that were happening. I mean, there was what I would call financial infidelity as well. Um, mm-hmm. it was just, it was so, so much to deal with. And I really appreciate you saying, you saying that about, you know, the mental strength, because mm-hmm. looking back, I don't know how I did it. And I just really had to lean in, um, gosh, my support system, um, mm-hmm. God. And I have to say too, Ashley, like one of the things that really stood out to me like I was in therapy. I was in a lot of therapy. So that was helpful, mm-hmm. you know, at the time. Um, but I was in shock and I was just in such a fragile place. And I feel like you have a level of empathy that I have not seen mm. in other attorneys. And I felt that from you, like you. in meeting with, in meeting with you, it was like, I felt like you actually cared, like you were invested. It wasn't just another case for you. Like Mm -hmm. I felt, I felt really comfortable because of that. You were patient with me. You, um, you really explained things to me. And again, I was in such 
shock and in a state of trauma that I know my brain was not fully operating. (laughs) And so I know that sometimes I had to ask you like, Ashley, can you please explain that to me again? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I don't understand this, you know, cause it's, it's the law. And, it's, um, and so just your patience and kindness, like, oh my gosh, it meant the world to me at the time. And, um, you know, I just think you're, I just think you're amazing and you're fabulous. And I, anyway, so grateful for you. Yeah. Thank you for those kind words. I, I really appreciate it. Um, and in doing these podcasts, like so many of you have been speaking into me and I think it, you know, I'm, I was telling another person, um, that I have as a guest that I'm approaching 10 years of doing this. And she actually asked, you know, what continues to motivate you to still be the same Ashley that I met almost 10 years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I think it's reaching back out and having connections with clients and seeing you guys grow and do amazing things. Um, and realizing like, wow, I had a little bit of an impact on their life. And so, and having my own kids now, I realized that at that time I didn't. I think even when I met you, I hadn't, I wasn't even um, expecting yet, uh, maybe towards the end of your case, but I think majority of your case, I wasn't, uh, I didn't have a little one, but mm-hmm. it really puts things in perspective. And I'm like, okay, if I were going through this, I would want someone to put my children just as much of a priority in this whole process, you know, as if it was their own child. And I really, really strive to do that with clients' cases, especially when they have children, um, is to make sure that they're balancing their self while also thinking about there's two, in your situation, there's two little ones that don't have a voice in this, you know, mm-hmm. um, and they don't really know what's going on. I mean, children are resilient, but it's still hard. Divorce is hard for them. Right. And I think sometimes people forget that because they're making selfish decisions at the moment, which sometimes we have to make selfish decisions, but we also have to realize how those selfish decisions will impact others. And if we don't have a plan in place to ensure that others, which usually is our, um, are our children, they don't fall suit to like emotionally, like just being in distress and depression. And so, um, I, I'm, I would love for you just to kind of talk about how you managed that aspect with your little ones, um, while trying to like balance yourself, like you said, and making sure that you weren't too fragile to not be a support to them. Um, can you kind of tell the listeners a little bit how you manage that? Sure. Yes. I actually sought out a therapist for parent coaching. So she was a, she is a child therapist. Um, but she also works with parents on coaching and I've never been, I, you know, I had never been divorced <laughs> before. Um, no one in my family really experienced divorce. And so it was just a brand new world to navigate and, um, you know, going like I was in therapy. I feel like I was in therapy for three different things. At you time. were. <laughs> it was like, I was in therapy for the trauma. I was in therapy just to kind of process like the day to day and keep me going like mm-hmm. with. And also with a group of women who were also in my situation, which was so helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I was seeing this child therapist for parent coaching and that really helped me to feel more solid. Um, you know, and she just encouraged me and really helped, um, help me navigate, you know, all the changes that, you know, we were experiencing. And now I don't think by any means I was perfect, but I know that I really, really, um, you know, having the support of all those people was really beneficial, I think, for 
both myself and my kids. Yes, absolutely. And I, and I agree with you. No one is perfect, but I will say you're one of my past clients that actually put in the work to ensure that your children um, did not have a negative light of their father, irrespective of how you felt about mm-hmm. him or about the divorce process. Because towards the end of your divorce case, um, you know, things really turned in that one of the, you know, one of the individuals who he was seeing at the time actually came into your children's life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like we had a talk and you were like, I don't know how to feel about this, you know, but um, with the help of your coach, um, you know, telling you like, okay, this is how we approach this. And then me being of a support. And that's also, I think, really drawing clear boundaries, you know, and, and ensuring that like you understood he understood that you two were the parents um, and that you also needed to make sure that the children process this change in a healthy way. Um, I think that that was something that a lot of people uh, lose sight of in their divorce case. And I was, I was really, really proud of you um, for not really spazzing out <laughs> when that <laughs> happened. Um, Thank you. Because, yeah. I probably would have spazzed out myself. Um, but I knew that, and that's why I sat at the beginning and I, and I don't say that lightly, like you are one of my most strongest clients that I've had. Um, because like you said, you really, really leaned in to your support system. And I can't express that enough to listeners. Having a support outside of your attorney is critical during this process. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Ashley. I appreciate that so much. Yeah. yeah I just, um, yeah, it was, it was really all very intense. And also, can we talk about like how fast the case moved? Yes. Like how we moved <laughs> through the case. Um, but I, that... I think we should preface it with the fact that, and I think this is important. I'm glad you said that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize that a lot of the work and the planning happens before the divorce is filed. And mm-hmm. so I want listeners to really listen to what Don said before this process started she was in therapy. She was in counseling. She was with her support group. Um, she consulted with myself. She probably, you know, did a little bit of Google and research to really get a plan in place. And so that really helps um, going into the divorce process, because I think if you hadn't done those things, you would have been even more overwhelmed. But yes, I want you to kind of talk about that, please, for listeners. Yeah. Um, so I also just want to touch on, sorry, I don't mean to like pivot here, but I wanted no. to mention one more thing too. Um, you know, with all the, all the changes that were happening so fast, the things that I was discovering, the things that were going on, um, as we were going through the process, you know, there was a point when I just sort of was like, I, I can't, I can't fight this anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I think I was like fighting against you know, you are a little bit. Was ha- yeah. Like just kind of mm-hmm. fighting. And so it was like, I can't control whether he wants to stay married or, or get divorced. I can't control, mm-hmm. you know, the affairs I can't control, um, you know, the decision he, he, the decisions he makes, like with bringing someone new into the kids' mm-hmm. lives. And so it was like, what I can do is I can accept what is mm-hmm. and be the best version of myself that I can be for Mm -hmm. my kids. And I will say that, that, that fueled a little bit of anger. Um, and Mm -hmm. I think anger is usually seen as like a negative emotion, um, or an uncomfortable emotion, 
But for me, I used that anger to empower me, to Mm. help me get through this divorce, to fight for myself, to fight for my kids, to fight what, for what I felt I deserved and for, you know, what I felt my kids deserved. Um, and so I think using that anger as some fuel was really helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, I'm a huge, huge believer in therapy, you know, um, things started going south in our marriage before I had this massive discovery. And so I had sought out therapy and actually I'll just say like, I'm, I'm a therapist now because of it, because of my experience in therapy. And so, um, it was just so profound for me. And I think group therapy is huge, you know, to work with a therapist and also some women who were also experiencing infidelity. And, um, that was so, so important, um, to seek out that child therapist and to get the parent coaching. Um, I mean, really it made a huge difference. So, I think if I didn't have that, Ashley, I would have been overly dependent on you for like yes. more emotional support. I think that I, you could obviously tell it was very fragile, um, mm-hmm. and were very gentle with me and patient. I have to say gentle and patient. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was great, but I did need that outside support as well. Mm, yes. It's important. I think people get a lot, get a lot of things misconstrued whenever they hire an attorney and they say, okay, I want this person to be my attorney and also my counselor therapist. And we can't be all those things. Um, because then what will end up happening is what usually happens is you have a breakdown because then the attorney is no longer able, you feel is able to empathize with you or they don't have that same level of, um, patience, you know, mm-hmm. but because I knew when you came in, I'm like, okay, we're going to process how she's feeling. I'm going to go very slow. Or like you said, I mean, I still do this to this day. I tell clients all the time, I'm telling you a lot of information right now. So I understand you're not going to digest all of it. So come back to me when you're able to digest what you can, and then I can repeat whatever it needs to happen. Mm-hmm. But when you have someone who does not have that support system, instead of you getting through the legalese and getting through the legal process and what to expect and things like that, majority of the time is taken up with just, you know, filtering through those emotions. And I tell people all the time, I am way too expensive for you to use me as your therapist. Yes. <laughs> you know, let's do the legal aspect of it. Um, and then you can go see a therapist. Like, I, I don't want you to pay my hourly rate for that because it's not, it's not fair to you. And also I'm not licensed. I don't have mm-hmm. any inkling. I mean, I'm a nice person. Um, I had one person tell me the other day, like, you're such a nice person. Have you ever thought about being a therapist? I'm like, no, that's not my calling. You know what I mean? Um, but I am a nice person and I do feel like I have a lot of patience, but I don't have that skill set that mm-hmm. someone like you or someone like the coach, the, um, the children's coaching therapist or someone like a support group group leader has, I just don't have that. Um, and so right. I think that that was good that you did seek that. Yes. And I'm look. I'm thinking back. I actually brought a friend with me to the consultation. I brought mm-hmm. a notebook and a pen and I just took as many notes as I could. And then what I would do is instead of having to call you and say, Ashley, like remind me about this you know, piece of information or whatever, I'd, yeah. I'd call her, Hey, do you remember what mm-hmm. she said about this? Mm-hmm. And, or yes. I wrote this note. Do you remember what that was about? And so that was really helpful, especially being yes. in a state of shock. 
Yes. And I think too, and speaking of your notes, another thing that you did that was helpful to me as your attorney as well is that you would give yourself time to digest those notes and digest that information. And then we would have follow-ups about specifics, not, you know, and a lot of times you'll say, um, you know, oh, can we go back to that? But it was really a different angle of what we talked about maybe the few times before it was okay we touched on that but now I want to dive in deeper Um, I want to understand like big picture how this happened and I think that a lot of times people um, just stay at the surface level and they never dive in deep and I think going back to what you said earlier that's really why your divorce went so fast Don is because you took the time to get deep and not stay at the surface level. So we were able to dive in so fast mm-hmm. and, you know, go a mile a minute. Um, and I think even at one point, like, you know, us being so prepared helped us. Well, it drastically helped us in your mediation mm-hmm. um, because we were so prepared and we were on our Q's and T's that the other party just, what ends up happening is that they feel like their back's against the wall and they just want to be done so fast yeah. that they don't even want to spend the time to dig in deep because, they realize that it's going to be work and they don't want to put in that work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember that. Like, um, well, just your overall strategy, I think, because I think we were going into mediation for temporary orders mm-hmm. and you were like, we're going to go for final. Yes. And I was like, wait, <laughs> what? We're doing what? Yeah. That's why you went outside because you looked at me like, Ashley, I'm like, we've already prepared for this, remember? And you're like, I need a moment. I'm like, okay, yes. no problem. <laughs> yes. I mean, really, it was like, what, a 60-day divorce or, or just a Very bit close. <laughs> yes, very close. <laughs> Which is like the minimum, I think, in Texas. So, um, but honestly, like you're, you were extremely strategic, like with the information that you had. Um, I think that I was really good about getting you... Um, you know, the documentation that you were asking for, all mm-hmm. the financial information. And so I just remember when you showed up to mediation with these like two massive binders of like <laughs> all of our information and the mediator loved you, by the way, because she was like, oh my gosh, you're so prepared. Because then when we were writing up the mediation agreement, I think she had everything right there. And I don't yes. feel like the other party and the other like attorney was, I yes. don't think they were as prepared. And so that really, really benefited me in this, um, in this case, even though I still felt, I felt so screwed over. Hope it's okay. I can mm-hmm. say that. I still felt yes. so screwed over by the things that happened. Um, things were just so unfair. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we had, we had moved to Texas from Illinois and in Illinois, mm-hmm. like I would have received, um, you know, a specific, More. like 11 years, I think 11.4 mm-hmm. years of spousal maintenance or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I was, I w- there was a lot to be resentful about. Um, mm-hmm. and again, I use that anger to fuel this and to say, no, this is what I want. This is what, you know, obviously I didn't get everything I wanted, but mm-hmm. I came out of the divorce very much on top. Thanks to mm-hmm. you. And thanks yeah. to your like strategy. Yeah. Thank you for that. And I, and I think that's important. And I'm so glad that you're sharing like their raw emotion and experience because a lot of times people come in and they think I'm going to get everything on my list that I want. Um, but we did have a moment like in your divorce case. And I think even mm-hmm. in that mediation where mm-hmm. it was like, 
I know this does not feel fair, but the law is not fair. Um, Mm -hmm. You were, you know, upset, obviously, that you kind of felt that he was strategic of like coming to Texas and it being a community property state and the different, like you said, like the advantages that you guys had in other states that we just don't have in Texas, you know, Mm -hmm. and we just really had to work through that um, to make sure that if you didn't get those things, we kind of like made up for it in other ways so that you didn't feel completely defeated. Um, but I, I'm so glad you just said that because a lot of times people come to me and they think, Oh, I'm going to get everything on my list because I've heard you're so great. It's like, I'm great, but I'm also very upfront and honest and I'm mm-hmm. not going to sell you, you know, the car with the bow on it. If I know you can't get there, it's just not fair to you. And it's not fair to me because then I'm going to feel stressed that I'm not getting you that, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I had felt like I felt because the, the, the cheating and the affairs, like that was happening before we had even moved to Texas. And so mm-hmm. when I had agreed to move to, to Houston, like for, you know, his job, I felt like there was a level of like fraud committed mm-hmm. against me. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yes. We talked about that. I do remember that. Yes. You were, you really felt that it was a strategic move for him. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, I kind of want to switch gears and just talk about, um, you know, we have so many different listeners that reach out to me on, you know, LinkedIn or on Instagram, Facebook, or just really email the office. And a lot of them say, you know, there's so many different attorneys out there. There's so many different things that I could do. I don't want to mess up. I don't want to make the wrong decision. If you could share with listeners, if there's one thing that, or maybe a few things um, looking back that you would have done differently with your divorce case, um, in your child custody case, it was all in together. Could you share with him what that would be or um, I guess would have been? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Honestly, I don't really feel like I would do anything differently. I think that I was, you know, doing the best I could with the information I had at the time. Um, I, I, I felt, well, let me, let me backtrack. I have heard that, you know, family law attorneys, um, like they kind of have a bad reputation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. because, and I've heard of these like nightmare cases in Houston where the divorce is just, it's drug out. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the families are spending thousands and thousands of dollars on like attorney fees. And honestly, like that's money out of like, not only my pocket, but like my kids. Yes. Like this is mm-hmm. like our livelihood, like our well being. And so, um, I just, I'm so grateful, Ashley, that you like saw the opportunity to go for final orders when you did, um, that just sped everything up. And I, and I don't know, that just shows that like you were in it, like, like you're a very ethical attorney, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel like you have integrity and like you really were looking out for what was in my best interest. And of course my kids best interest. And so I just have to say that I think that that is not the norm in Houston, from what I've heard, I have a ton of other, you know, female friends in the Houston area that have experienced infidelity mm-hmm. and went through divorce and they, they've had different experiences with uh, various attorneys. And so I'm just, 
super grateful for that. So I don't know if I exactly answered your question. Um, well, I think you help listeners in that it sounds like not so much what you would have done differently, but maybe what friends or, you know, colleagues, like you mentioned, maybe they should have approached it in finding someone that was aligned with what they needed um, mm-hmm. and aligned with their goals. And I, and I do value that about my office is that I really approach these cases as if I were you, you know, mm-hmm. and I, and I would not want someone to milk me dry and take everything from my boys for the selfish gain of making more money on a case. And I think that my approach has always been, I'm going to treat my clients right. If I treat them good, they're going to send people to me, you know, and I'll make just as much money that way than to milk one particular client dry. I couldn't, one, I couldn't sleep at night. Um, And Mm. two, I just, I just don't, I've never really understood that business model. Um, and I'm, I'm glad I didn't because I don't want to be that type of person, um, to milk someone dry. So, um, right. thank you so much for sharing that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it really hopefully will help some listeners that may be trying to figure out what they should look for an attorney. So, um, as we wrap up, I want you just to share with everyone, like where you mentioned you're a therapist now. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your like journey like to, get to where you are after the divorce because obviously it didn't happen overnight but you had to go back to school and some other things Mm -hmm. yes so in my previous uh profession I was a project manager and so it wasn't something that I was super passionate about it was something that I sort of like fell into and so I had been out of the workforce for like 11 12 years and I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, what am I going to do with my career? I have to make some money. I need to support, you know, myself and my kids. And so, um, I ended up working with a career coach. Mm. Well, let me just say, I, I gave myself a little bit of time to let the dust settle, to sell mm-hmm. my house, to get myself and my kids like resettled into our new home. So I really did. I gave myself some time And then I also began working with a coach to kind of help me hone in on where do I want to go from here? Like I sort of have a blank slate in front of me and I was, you know, privileged that I could financially do that at the time. Mm -hmm. So I took advantage of that. And, um, and working with this coach, we did a lot of personality tests and, um, you know, looking at different professions that I might be interested in. And I really discovered that, um, I have a passion for helping people. And what that meant for me is, um, you know, I wanted to become a therapist because it was so helpful to me, um, and to my kids, you know, getting through, getting through the divorce and, and just some really awful things that had happened in my marriage. And, you know, I felt like, you know what, I, I can use this experience for good. I can, I can take this and I can, you know, use it for good in my future career. And so I went back to school. Um, in my late thirties, I went back to school full time, um, got my mm-hmm. master's um, in social work and I graduated at 40. So it yeah. was, um, it was really powerful for me. It was like, it was very difficult. Those years of, of balancing it all, mm-hmm. um, were hard, but now I am a social worker. I'm a licensed master social worker in the state of Texas. Um, I currently work with veterans and I'm, you know, working on my next level of licensure so that I can go into um, private practice. 
That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's so amazing. And I would love to hear about that journey when you start that. Um, so please, please mm-hmm. keep me posted about that. Um, and what is your word for 2024? I was thinking about this, Ashley. I think my word for 2024, <laughs> I think the last five years, my word has been growth in mm. all areas, growth. Now I'm in a place where I think tw- my word for 2024 is hustle. I'm oh, working towards it. my next licensure. Um, I didn't think I'd be in this place at 42 years old, but here I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just, I'm hustling. I've got career goals that I'm working towards and, um, and I'm really focused. I'm focused on that. And I just want to, um, enjoy my kids. You know, they're teenagers now and yeah. enjoy the, you know, what time I have left with them at home. Mm-hmm. And then uh, other than that, I'm just really career focused and learning skills and, um, you know, again, getting my next level of licensure so that I can, you know, fully, fully realize those goals. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that hustle growth. I think that that's a definitely a nice segue into this next journey and your next part of your career. So you put in all the growth, the time to grow to where you need to be. So that's great. Um, well, thank you so much, Don. Again, I am so glad that you shared your story with listeners. Um, those of you who have tuned in for this podcast, thank you for tuning in for another podcast. I hope that Don's story was helpful. I hope that it's encouraging. I know it encourages me and um, it helps me to continue to be a better person. Until next time, bye for now.